Hello, boys. Oh, boy. <laughs> Pierce, why Why do you sound different? Because it's probably officially spring now. Uh, uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Anybody who's known me for any length of time will know that every year, twice a year, when the seasons change, from winter to spring and then from summer to fall, there's there will be like one day that's like oddly out of place. That happened for us just this Tuesday. And uh, when it happened, I knew that was going to be the day because there was like an inkling of like a, a very light, you know, just a hint of pollen. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, cool. This is going to be the weekend I lose my voice. Sweet. Every year, twice a year, uh, for at least since the middle school, I've lost my voice. I've had, so what it is is allergies hit. Pollen, pollen drops down. My allergies hit. My sinuses swell to the size of grapefruits, you know, right in front of my face. And then everything drains into my throat and I lose my voice. Lovely. Yep. A particularly spicy intro for you this time. What are you drinking? I don't know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. 18th Street Brewery. Chasing Paper. And it is one pint. Um, <laughs> and that is all the information is, that is yeah, on well, that can. There is also a thing that says it's a double dry hopped pale ale. Mm-hmm. There is, of course, the legal warnings. Yeah, of course. But there is no ABV listed at all. That's, that's, I feel like that should be illegal. I think it's, I think it's legal as long as if it's like packaged in like a four pack, like a little cardboard thing or on like a, a plastic ring type situation. If the package of the cans has the ABV on it, mm. they don't necessarily have to have it on the individual can. Fair enough. Or maybe, I believe that is the case. How is it? It's actually not bad. Yeah. Actually, it's, very, good. it's pretty good. Um, it's very smooth. It looks yeah. very thick. Um, it is very thick. It's very, uh, very hazy. What did we say it was? A double, it's a double dry hopped. Double dry hopped. Yeah. Um, yeah, it definitely seems like it could be a hazy almost. Um, it may... Again, there's no information on this can at all, but it seems like it may only have one or maybe two strains of hops, mm-hmm. as opposed to most of the beers I've been drinking these days, which have like three or four. So, what about you, Jordan? What's up? This is a. It's from Rheingeist Brewery out of Cincinnati. It is called Roar. There's a picture of a lion on it, and it is an imperial IP. Uh, IPA. It's a limited release, apparently. Uh, it's uh, the description in the can has a lot more info than yours, apparently. Uh, fed from the top of the food chain hops of Amarillo, Mosaic, and Citra, this Imperial IPA is king of the jungle. Roar bellows with notes of apricot, peach, mango, grapefruit, and citrus. A beautifully hoppy and majestic brew at eight percent ABV. Uh, and 110 IBU. This is a 12-ounce can. From here, it looks like it would be um, more punchy than smooth. Yeah? Yeah, it's definitely not like a like a, a pillowy, soft mm-hmm. IPA, more of a kind of a classic IPA, but it's mm-hmm. very fruity, and I quite, I quite like it. It's very good. Interesting. Rheingeist is awesome. Uh, it, they're, they're pretty... I, I like a lot of their stuff. Um, 
I've, I've been there. It's, it's a very nice location as well. Yeah, so where did we get these beers from, Corey? Yeah, so all of these beers uh, came courteous, courtesy of my coworker uh, from Cincinnati. He sends me a box of beer, uh, usually once, sometimes twice a year. Uh, around Christmas time, um, it was a little bit delayed this time, but uh, he sent me a whole bunch of beers, and all of the beers that we're drinking today are from Ohio. Uh, speaking of which, I am drinking uh, a beer from a brewery called Fretboard Brewing in Blue Ash, Ohio, which is uh, the like Chesterfield of Cincinnati. <laughs> uh, well, no, maybe that's unfair. So it's like a borough of the city. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a Midlothian of it's a neighborhood. There's there's lots of uh, lots of like industrial parks there, um, and but then also a bunch of like residential area. So it's more like the Colonial Heights. Uh, maybe, maybe. Anyways, or like Hanover. Anyways, uh, mm, yeah, yeah, for it's, sure. It's where it's where my company is based. So uh, it's. This particular brewery is right around the corner from from the office. Uh, I've been there a couple times as well. It's pretty great. Anyways, it's a uh, fu- Fugi. How do you spell it? F U G E E. Fuji. Fuji. Anyways, it's a breakfast ale. <laughs> ale. <laughs> the can says ale brewed with natural flavor added. Cool. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> Which ones? Yeah, <laughs> the natural ones. The natural ones. Uh, it it's pretty good. It's uh, uh, pretty smooth and it's uh, kind of mapley a little bit. Uh, nice. I like it. Would like to point out that it is now nine twenty in the evening, so yeah. we're well past breakfast. Yeah. No. Uh, this this IPA that I'm drinking drinks like milk almost. It has like that kind of like phlegmy after thing going mm, on. Mm. It is it is really smooth. I. I I think I That's might awesome. like this a lot. So earlier we were talking about um, Triple Crossing again. Yep. Again, because, you know. It's it's just the best. It's, it is the best. And I live there. Yeah. Yeah. So what, uh, something came out recently that yeah. you enjoyed? Well, so Jordan mentioned that he had brought a... Um, Green Dreams. Green Dreams. And I had asked him if he had had the Poor Icarus because... Um, that apparently was a release that they just did for the first time in like a couple years, which I did not realize. I've, what's the uh, is? Oh, I'm no. What's there's another one that that they release relatively, you know, a couple times a year, and I thought it was Poor Icarus, but apparently I'm mistaken. Such a triangles comes out every year. Mm. Um, I mean, I don't know what else you might be thinking of. I don't know. They have a lot this, of beer. This is the first time I've ever heard of the poor Icarus, and they had told me that it was the first time they'd done it for a while. Maybe, maybe I was wrong. Maybe they were wrong. I had already had a couple of them when they told me that, so um, who knows? Um, but I really do like the poor Icarus. Um, it drinks a lot like the Green Dreams. Um, I think it only has one different hops strain in it, but it it's so it tastes very similar, but it drinks a little bit smoother. Uh, and I think like, you know, I've been talking about the interstellar burst for a long time because it's like, it's always been a long time favorite of mine. It's from. dope. And it doesn't come around that often. No, it doesn't. Um, and it's always been really hard for me to get now that the Midlothian location is open, you know, I've been drinking a lot of it. So I've been talking about it a lot. Um, but the poor Icarus is, 
is really good. Um, it's a little bit smoother even than the Interstellar Burst, and it's it's a strong contender. It might be a new favorite for me. What you eating over there, Jordan? Some junior bacon cheeseburgers. Yeah, I guess how much those things. Were you surprised by the price? Two dollars and seventy-five cents. I'm saying, dude, what the hell? They used to be a dollar. They were. They did used to be a dollar. Back in my day. (laughs) Old man yells at Sky. Don't fuck with my junior bacon cheeseburgers, (laughs) man. That's some trash, dude. I'm saying, man. So you, you, one of you were saying something about uh, a beer they do, the cryo beer that they do. Mm. I've only ever seen it one time. But they did a, it was like the same, it was all in the same summer. I think it was 2019. Like, I think, it was, uh, yeah, the last summer before COVID, I think. Um, they did a, a, a variant of uh, Nectar and Knife called Cryo Nectar. And I don't remember what made it different, but it was one of the best beers that I have ever had in my entire life. So I could be wrong, but I think what that means is that they treat the hops with liquid nitrogen. Uh, and they they freeze it and uh to seal in the freshness. No, uh, it does something like um. Why don't I just it, look it up? Because it's more fun to speculate. Okay. And I mean, uh, when have we ever looked anything up on this podcast ever? Literally never. The facts are made up, and the truth doesn't matter. That's right. Just like the points in whose line. Uh, I think what happens is that they freeze the the hops with liquid nitrogen and treat them additionally to that somehow and it ex- extracts the flavor without any of the bitters oh huh huh yeah uh you sh- uh, sorry are you sure it's not just piped from the keg with nitrogen instead of co2 nope okay. it was it was not it was not a nitro beer um, okay yeah um but yeah, they had that, and I think that same summer they also released the Falcon Heavy for the first time, which is oh. like a double version of Falcon Smash, do which you know, is also really good. Do you know that I have missed that? I, maybe it hasn't come out since then. It's It has, but, but it's not often. Okay. I have not ever seen that when I'm there. Like It came out like right at the same time that Falcon, like the you know SpaceX Falcon Heavy mm-hmm. launched for the first time. Are you guys aware of this? Is that Nitro Pepsi? This Pepsi has put out a product. Uh, their their cola with nitro. I'm so about. Well, I don't know. I want to try it so badly. Yeah, because half it's, the appeal of like a Pepsi or a Coke is that like that coarse carbonation. Yeah, the the hurt, the hurt, yeah, the hurt bubbles. Mm-hmm. That, <laughs> the hurt, the hurt bubbles. They're like they're like. You're big. not wrong. That should be a band. The hurt bubbles. <laughs> What are the two? So I see a blue can for Nitro Pepsi. What is the white can? Is that caffeine free? No, that is vanilla. Ooh. Oh, yeah, mm. yeah. So this is this is part of the reason why I'm excited about this. Um, I, anyways, it's it's Pepsi, Pepsi Cola, in a can, in a 16 ounce can. I think it looks like a 16. It's a can. tall boy, uh, with a widget in it, just like a Guinness. Oh. So. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I heard about this somewhere else. I can't remember. Anyways, it, uh, it's hitting hitting store shelves March 28th. I will be looking for that because that sounds dope. Me too. It sounds really, really, really good. But I'm with you. The Hurt Bubbles are kind of like the, the, the drawing factor mm-hmm. a little bit. I mean, <clears throat> but that's... Uh, I mean, maybe it's just because that's what we're used to. That's fair. That's fair. It does make it crisp and refreshing. I do feel like that 
specifically with Coca-Cola, what I want is the Hurt Bubbles. Yeah. Thousand percent. Um, I mean, yes for Coca-Cola, but more than anything for Sprite. If Sprite was going to uh, try to do some crap like this Nitro stuff... I See, I'd be more on board with it for Sprite, because I feel like Sprite is so... It's too much Hurt Bubbles. Especially from McDonald's. That's what... Well, it's yeah, because they milk it straight from the animal, <laughs> from uh, the spray creature, direct from the from the the teat. They they keep, they keep him in the back uh, with the cow that they slice the beef beef off of. Um, have you have either of you tried the Coke with coffee? Um, I don't think so. This would be I, perfect for that. Yeah, I can I see that. I haven't tried it either. I've seen it a bunch of times at Sheets. You know, Sheets is pushing it really hard. Yeah, they are. Um, um, but no, I just, I can't, I don't know. I can't imagine that that would taste good at all. Um, specifically almost because of the, the, the big bubbles. It is like the two blended, right? It's not like Coke's coffee, right? It's like Coca-Cola with coffee also. I mean, as far as I'm aware, I guess I don't know. Okay. I don't know either because I see it at Sheets all the time too. I've never, I've never looked into it really. What else would it be? Just like, like just like Coke branded coffee. Oh no, it's not okay. Yeah, no, it's not. It's coffee. definitely like Coke with coffee flavor. It is. Added. It, yeah, it is a okay. flavored Coca Cola. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. That's what you're here for, folks. Listen to us speculate about Coke flavor. <laughs> yeah, and again, probably this is probably all freaking wrong. Is all false. Uh, none none of it's true. Take all of this with a grain of salt, and then go ask your mom. Do you want to talk about the job at all, or no? Yeah, I can do that. Um, I got a new job, um, and it's... All right, so sorry. So I got... I, I mean, I, like, just got that job uh, through the LKQ thing. Um, going into body shops and trying to sell them calibrations and stuff for their ADAS. And that was cool. Um, it was it was new. Um, they made a lot of promises to me, as as Fortune two hundred companies are known to do. Um, but it was it was more of a door to door sales job than it ever was like a tech job, um, which made it way more difficult for me because I'm I'm bad at that shit. Um, yeah, sales and you know, just talking to people in general, <laughs> um, especially when they don't want me to be there. Yeah. Um, yeah. cause even when, even when they had called me to make an appointment, like for me to come out there to their shop to fix their stuff, I was always intruding, right? Mm-hmm. Like I was always trying to ask mm-hmm. them for space that they couldn't give me and like getting in their way and like, you know, I don't know. It was just always a, a big problem. Um, and then I never like, you know, I just never had like a camaraderie with, you know, a team or people that I saw every day. Um, and it was just depressing, man. Like I really had like a hard time with depression for that whole couple of months that I was doing that. Um, like really, really bad, um, you know, just in my mind all the time, just constantly sitting, you know, the windshield time was atrocious. Um, yeah. As I know that, you know, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, I, I'm I'm not trying to. Oh no, I, I yeah, I got you. But I'm not I'm not fit to handle that stuff. Uh-huh. It takes a special person. Um I commend you for that then, I guess, because it's not like easy. Zayom. Yeah. yeah. 
uh, so yeah, so I got a, I got a new job at Hyman Brothers Subaru. Uh, friend of ours, mutual friend of ours, uh, Ryan Sobrito works there. Um, he's like the lead tech, I guess you'd call him, just because he's like one of the most experienced technicians that works there. They've got another guy there new. His name is Ronnie, um, who's really cool, really cool guy. I work right next to him, uh, and I like him a lot. And he's been there for like 12 years. So he would be, Ronnie would be like the service, you know, uh, the, what do you call it? Foreman, I guess. Shop, the shop foreman. foreman mm-hmm. if, you, if they had one, but they don't. Um, and then Ryan is supposed to be transitioning out of a tech job into a, um, like, um, dispatcher slash um, lead, like, lead shop, you know, guy situation uh, within the next couple of months. So they're looking for a couple of techs. They had a couple empty bays anyways, and then they're trying to move him out. So they just needed spots filled because they had more work than they had technicians to do, which is pretty abnormal right now, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, is it? I feel like that would be kind of standard right now because the ind- there's not a whole lot of new people coming into the tech industry. What has happened at this point? is that shops that have a low number of techs have caught up to the point that people realize they're not getting their car back for a long time. So they're just not getting their car worked on. Yeah. So a lot of these shops at this point are just not doing anything. They might have like one or two technicians that just don't have any work. Unless it's like a luxury brand or like Subaru where the people just really like their cars. Or like Honda, I've heard, is the same way right now. Every time I have taken the RAV4 into the dealership. Oh, yeah. Toyota's probably the same way, too, to for get, sure. Like, even just to get an oil change, it's like, okay, we have time in three weeks. That's, that's, what, I, that's my, what I have heard most as well, um, okay. which is why I'm kind of surprised to hear you say well, that state of affairs. I guess maybe I need to backtrack a little bit, but all that I really know is that I interviewed at a couple shops um i I interviewed at a couple private shops and they have reached the point where they just can't get the jobs done they can't get the, the they can't get the parts um you know they're losing technicians slash they can't hire people so what happens is like you know, the car will come in, get checked out, and then just sit for like two weeks while the, while the technicians just sit around because they can't get parts or the customer doesn't want, doesn't have the money or doesn't want to fix it. That's, it's being in the, not in the repair industry, but in the performance industry, it's a little different. Oh, for sure. Um, But even so, like, the the task of constantly going over the schedule and making sure that, the car, the customers are scheduled at at such a time that corresponds with when parts actually arrive is like a Herculean task and is constantly having to be gone over with a fine tooth comb every day. Yeah. <clears throat> so Subaru. All right. So I've only been at Subaru for um, like four days. Um, but so far, I really like it. I really like the people and I really like the work. But from what I can tell of what's going on there so far, like they've got like 10 loaner cars. Um, so, 
you know, most customers will just leave their car there and not have to worry about scheduling them to come back or whatever. Because once that customer leaves, man, like if you give them a list of parts that they need to replace and then they leave that day, you know, I mean, maybe they ain't maybe, back. maybe it's different for Subaru because, again, Subaru people really like their cars. But for just about every other place I've ever worked, you know, if they leave with that car that day, it doesn't matter if you put them on the schedule for next week or what. They're just you're never seeing them again, dude. Like, you know. It's, we even have that with a couple of customers that have put down many thousands of dollars in parts and just poof. like Because they can't afford the labor or what do you think? Or, I mean, I think one guy died or something, but, <laughs> <laughs> but like it does happen. Like people put down an insane amount of money on like, cause you have to pay for the parts in full before you get on the schedule. Right. And people will do that and I'll have like enormous amounts of parts for one person on like an entire shelf just taken up for this one person and they just never show up. Sucks. Wow. That's weird. That is really weird. Do they get that money back? Or I mean, if they don't answer the phone, what can you do? Like at yeah, this point, know. we've got a couple of customers where it's like, we probably need to start trying to return these parts to vendors that won't take them back because it's been oh, so shit. long. So either customer we need to figure out what the last address for the customer is and just create them up and send it to them there you go i mean they paid for them right yeah Yeah. they're your parts yeah yeah so that that's a new thing that happened um and so far i really like it um i don't know i was hesitant to try to get back into a dealership again because of warranty and stuff but and um, just the dealership politics and yeah yeah for sure general drama dude there's always so much more drama at a dealership than there ever is at um you know, any private shop. Of course, you know, the private shops that I've worked at, it's always been like four people total, you know, or maybe six people total. Um, and, you know, the the first dealership I worked at was like, you know, 60 people. And then this dealership is probably somewhere like 20 or 25. So yeah, it's a pretty small dealership. Don't is, they have like one a one man parts department there? At least they used no, to. They, no, they got like six or seven people working in the parts. Oh man, that's because yeah. they got because they got a customer facing parts, uh, and then they got two people in the back uh, for shop parts. Shop parts. Um, and then they have at least like I, I know they have at least one. I think two people working like just in in the in the cave, like you know, inventorying parts and. Taking deliveries and, and shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because um, when, when Hyman Brothers Super... Er, you're at Hyman Brothers, not Colonial. I am at Hyman Brothers Super. Okay. Yes. Uh, it was when... Col- I'm thinking of Colonial Subaru. When oh. Colonial Subaru first opened, I knew the guy that was going in there to be their parts guy, and it was like a one-man parts operation there. And I was like, good luck, buddy. Yeah, that, that sounds, sounds terrible. terrible. That sounds awful. No, I mean... I don't know. I've I've heard a lot about, you know, the Hyman brothers and everybody has horror stories about everywhere where they work. Um but you know, so far, you know, I mean I guess if I never have to deal with the corporate entity, hopefully I'll be okay. That's where we order our OE Subaru parts from. Really? Mm-hmm. They seem to keep a lot of stuff in stock. Um, you know. They don't have any they don't have any cars on the lot. But for the most part, they've had every part that I've ever needed. Well, again, I've only been there for four days, but, you know, they've had all the parts that I've needed in stock, so. But it feels good to be working. It feels good to be turning wrenches again and just turning cars out, you know, that, um, 
you know, that I can feel satisfied with, you know, I have that sense of accomplishment again, you know, um, feeling, feeling gratified and satisfied. Are you, are you back? Like has working for Subaru changed your opinion of them at all? So nope. What is the opinion that you have of Subarus in general? Uh, Good cars for a while until they're not. Oh, I don't know about that. I guess. Okay, that was that was a different question than what I thought you were trying to ask me. Um, yeah, for the most part, yeah, they're good cars for a long for all right. Well, they're good cars for a while. You know, they're good cars for some time. Um, but the difference is that like everybody that takes their car to the dealership wants to get all the oil leaks fixed, and they'll pay the thirty hours to do it. Like, you know, the guy Ronnie I was telling you about who works next to me, he did two of those last week. Just re-gasket the whole engine? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, they call it a reseal. The engine comes out. Um, it takes about two hours to pull the engine out. And then, you know, bing, bang, boom, they just spend the rest of the next two days on taking the engine apart and putting all the gaskets on it. There's a, like, predefined list of parts that we have for... A fa- what we call a failure build, where we're we're replacing an engine on a car or rebuilding an engine on a car that has had a catastrophic failure for a su- specifically with Subarus. Um, the list of things that you have to replace when you're just doing like if you get like a bare IAG short block doesn't have any of the like block off plates or anything on it. Just the list of stuff that you have to replace is so long on those engines. Like so many one-time use bolts, so many oh, random yeah, yeah, covers yeah. that don't come with anything else. Like you have to get everything. I've never seen another engine like that. It's crazy. Are you guys mostly working on EJ? Both engines? EJ, EJ and FA. Oh, okay. Interesting. And they're both like that. The FA actually more so with the because if you have a failure build, you have to replace all of the 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 cam sprockets. Like, cause they have oil going through them. You have to replace everything. Like it's, it's so long and all of those bolts are one time use. Yeah. I do know that. It's, it's, it's such a ridiculous list of stuff. That's wild. Wonder why that is. I couldn't tell you. Um, the two engines that Ronnie did were timing belt engines. So there was no like camshaft sprocket involved. Um, although some of the, the, I believe some of the, EJ, the timing belt engine, still had some variable valve timing in them, so they had some... You have, if, if you have a failure build, you have to replace that gear or risk having that glitter go through the brand new engine. Well, we, I mean, again, I haven't seen any engine replacements yet either, but I'm sure that I'm sure I'll learn, you know, tons and tons in the coming weeks. Again, this is all still fresh. Um, I'm still in, like, the honeymoon phase where, you know... Everything is great. Everything is awesome. Um, and it's just different. Like, it's just a change of scenery. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. <laughs> um, at this point, yeah, it's just like that change of scenery, you know, that uh, I really needed um, to just get dirty and, and you know, feel, feel better about myself. So Stay so, greasy. Yeah, stay greasy. Hashtag stay greasy. Um, so, but I've been talking about that shit for like 20 minutes now. Somebody else start talking. Goddamn. <laughs> Jordan, uh, you bought a Civic. I did. Mm. I don't think we've talked about that at all. I am now a Honda, well, Honda person. I think we talked about the fact that you were going to buy it 
but Did now I? you have it. I yeah. don't know. Maybe have we? I don't know. Yeah, I I bought a uh, a a coworker of my dad's uh, had his. It's it's an original owner Civic, so he bought this thing brand new in '04. Um, it has seventy two thousand miles on it, which is pretty low. I think pretty low miles for an '04. Hell yeah, yeah. Um, for a Civic especially. Yeah, uh, it's a Civic four door LX automatic, so it's a one point seven. Uh, I think it's still a D series technically. It's like the last D series that they made. Is it a single cam? Uh, I believe so. I think that, that is probably a D series, yeah. Yeah, it's a. I think it's like a D seventeen. I don't. I don't. I don't remember. Um, but it's got like Corlon plug, uh, all the modern electronics and stuff. Um, so I I went to go look at it. Um, and it, you know. I got it for what I think is a pretty good price. I don't really want to talk about it on here um, because I'm going to try to sell it. <laughs> uh, I I felt like it was a good price, especially in the current market. Um, and it didn't really need much of anything. Uh, in ter- like it drove great. Um, some of the, in- the interior is in like amazing shape, except for like a couple of small touch points, which I have since replaced. Um, like the interior door handles, the, the like chrome coating on the plastic is starting to flake off. So I replaced all those, um, was for, it? for a ludicrously cheap amount of money. Um, the, wasn't, wasn't there a recall for that? For the door handles? Yeah. I no, am I thinking of something else? I have no idea. I am taking it into Honda for a recall on Friday, uh, for the Takata airbag recall. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what what was up with the three boxes of door handles? Oh, I ordered all four, and I got three. Oh, uh, and then I so I messaged the seller, and they were like, "Oh yeah, the third one or the fourth one is coming from a different warehouse. Here's the tracking for that." And I was like, "Cool, thanks." Oh, okay. Um, I haven't gotten that one yet, but uh, I also got a new to me better shape like armrest center console lid thing because that thing was pretty ragged, but now it's pretty nice. Um, so the interior is really nice. It drives really nice. I put a timing belt water pump on it, uh, you know, uh, valve cover gasket, every seal I had to touch to get to it. Um, new spark plugs, air filter. Um, I gave it a really, really thorough wash and clean today. So it looks halfway decent, except the, I need to do the headlights cause the headlights are pretty faded and the paint is typical O4 Honda. So it looks really bad. Uh, clear coats just on that gener that era of Honda, the clear coat just goes, and there's nothing you can do about it. <sighs> you mean every era of Honda? Uh, it, it stopped or somewhere around the early 2010s. I don't think it has stopped yet at all. You don't think so? The, no, I mean I know of 2018 Civics that are peeling clear coat, specifically on the blacks and the reds. Wow, they've consistently had issues with blacks and reds, and like the champagne gold or whatever it's called oh yeah the the boring color what color is the one that you have uh it's like a really dark blue um so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna you know either restore or replace the headlights uh get the takata recall done it does have an airbag light uh so hopefully the takata thing fixes that because it might be related um if not i'm gonna figure out what it is and fix it um I'm going to recharge the AC at work and then send her on. 
hopefully make a little bit of coin off of it. Cool. Sounds awesome. I have uh, taken ownership of Adam's blazer. Uh, he moved to Florida, and we will miss him dearly. R.I.P. R.I.P. <laughs> uh, but um, he left the blazer, and it's mine now. I have the title right, right there, and the keys are in the kitchen. Uh, I noticed it's sitting a little lopsided yeah, out there. Yeah, I need some tires. Um, he he bought uh, just used uh, tires uh, from the homies. Down the street, I, I think, uh, just to pass inspection. Um, so I need to, I need to get those replaced. Um, I, I'll take uh, recommendations for some uh, all terrains or something. The Hankook all terrains that I got for the Forerunner mm-hmm. were not expensive. They look pretty nice, and I have zero complaints about them. Cool. They're not loud, and they seem they don't get me stuck in my yard anymore. Cool. Uh, I think I, depending on how it, uh, you know, how it how it pans out, but I'm think we're thinking that actually, Joel might daily that thing now. Um, do you think it'll get better or worse fuel economy than the Wrangler? Oh, for sure, better. You think Pro- so? Probably. It's, better. it's like a um. Wait, what is that? No, that's a four point three, right? In the in the yeah. in the blazer? Yeah. And a four liter in the Jeep? Yeah. Hmm. Well, maybe not then. I the Jeep know. is the least aerodynamic vehicle well, of yeah, all there's time that. though, so like literally everything is better, including a cow. I would I would definitely uh not get rid of it until you've driven the blazer long enough to shake out all the issues. Yeah. Well, the the Wrangler is probably not worth getting rid of at all, anyways. Like, oh no, I mean, no. it's gonna that's, hold. That, the Wrangler is gonna hold value for forever, forty more years. Yeah, literally forever. Uh, no. Uh, the the honestly the biggest deal, the biggest reason that we want to do that is because it's quieter. Yeah. The Wrangler is just loud to drive. You only just, have a soft top for the Wrangler, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. And so, it's just like sometimes you just don't want to listen to that. Yeah. Um. So having obviously I have limited experience in SUVs. I've only had one, Um, but the forerunner is so much like quieter and refined and luxurious than any other car that I've owned. It's, it is a joy. <laughs> it's, like, it's like an adult car, dude. It's I like know. grown up shit. Yeah, right. Um, what Hankook tires do you have? I'm not aware of a Hankook off-road tire. I believe it's a Hankook Dynapro. Is what the the name is. I remember being able to when I was at Toyota. That was one of the options I could get on dealer tire for like stuff for the dealership too. It was like one of the lower cost options. It's like way way cheaper than like a Yokohama Geolander, which is oh a, yeah yeah um which is I mean honestly not a great tire anyways. So. It's it's a really good mostly street daily driven tire that is still all terrain. The Hankook um, Dynapro AT2 RF11? Yes, and the RF11 is actually way more important than you think. Okay. Because the early AT2s that don't have that uh, designation were apparently garbage. Um, the oh, RF11 okay. is the one you want. Cool. Yeah, these are not terribly expensive. The only- yeah, look them up on... Um... Oh, yeah, okay. They were way cheaper than that when I bought them. 
I want to say I paid like maybe $130 a tire for them. Maybe. Maybe that was for your specific <clears throat> size. Also, I probably ordered them through Tire Rack Wholesale. Through oh, that's that's I I didn't even I didn't even check well, the size, but I mean here they are for one sixty on Amazon for two sixty five seventy uh seventeens. Yeah, that's my size. Yeah. yeah what Anyways, you, what do you got? Like what do you got? Fifteen on the blazer. <sighs> gotta look. Yeah, I gotta look. I I want to say that they're sixteens. I thought they were sixteens as well. Mm-hmm. I don't okay. Know. I ha- also have a fifth. Uh, a, a full size spare. Mm-hmm, it's yep. just kind of laying in the yard right now. But, um, <laughs> Does it hang off the back like a cool truck? No, I, oh. I wish it did. Like like my Rav Four. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I which is that. not a cool truck, no. but you know. Yeah, but hey, I I'd do some sort of fancy tailgate, you know, situation. That, <laughs> you know, uh, hung the fifth fifth off the back. That'd be kind of cool. Just build it into the trailer hitch. Yeah. Although then you can't really open the... I'm assuming the rear window swings open. That might impede yes. that. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. And then the tailgate probably folds down, right? I don't remember what the S- S10 Blazers do. It's it's up. It, they're both up. They both go up. Yeah, it's okay. like a full-size tailgate, but you can also open the window. Gotcha. Um, Which makes it great for camping. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that, that'll be the other thing that we do with it, is uh, stick a mattress in the back or large foam pad of some sort and uh, sleep in it, which will be fun. That's what's up. That's the plan right now. The only experience that I have with um, Geolanders, Yokohama Geolanders, um, for some reason I specifically remember Highlanders. Like maybe that was... People put Geolanders on Highlanders? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to remember why because I feel like I remember we did that a lot when I worked at the Virginia Import Services. But they always seem to wear out, like, really, really fast. Huh. Um, we always put them on, like, the trucks, like Sequoias, Tundras, Tacomas, stuff like that. You do? Well, we when I was at Toyota, that's uh-huh, what we okay. used them for. And then did they not wear out fast? I, I don't have any recollection of that. Mm. The only thing that I can really tell you is to stay away from any Nitto or any Falcon. All-terrain tire, okay. Because they they chop like crazy. Hmm. It's like they were meant to do it. If hmm. if you were trying to build a designated off-road rig, I would say the Falcon Wild Peaks and the uh, I was oh, it's the what's the big one? The BFG KO2s. Yeah, BFG is oh, the yeah. only way to go, man. That's what I was, that's what I was about They're to say. They're so next. heavy though. They're it like it twice is twice as heavy as every other tire. They are heavy. They're um, really expensive. Well, I don't know about that. Okay, well, I'll take your word for that. Um, they are heavy, and they do generate a lot of noise. Just, I mean, even when they're wearing, even when they're wearing properly, they just make noise. They're but they are road tires. They are the best all-terrain tire that you can get. Like, you know, I know people who do serious off-roading on the KO2s, which is an all-terrain tire. You know. Yeah, we'll probably put some of those on the Jeep. Eventually, yeah, when that's sure. just a fun car, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that'll be the plan. I want to, I'd like to get some wheels also for the Blazer, mm. but like, what wheels? You could just get the S10 Extreme wheels because they're pretty freaking cool, are they? I, would I know love... nothing about, yeah, like the S10 Extreme package, it's like the lowered two wheel like drive, the, it's like the, the Tacoma uh, X runner, yeah 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 yeah, 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 um. 
and they have like a crazy five spoke setup that's really really cool. I'd love to have uh those wheels on a car that I own, but they're like like five by one twenty, I think, or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what the lug pattern is for S ten Blazers. I was gonna say, like, I would just figure out what your dimensions of the stock wheels are and just peruse the Virginia wheel entire for sale mm, Facebook yeah, group yeah. until something interesting pops up. Yeah, that's the one right there. They have much more. They're they're much wider than they appear in those mm-hmm, pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got a little bit of lip on the outside. They're That'd be cool. Really, really cool. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I feel like finding tires, like you said, is gonna require getting on the tire Facebook groups or the excuse me, not tires, wheels. It's gonna be, require getting on the wheel Facebook groups or something like that. And I just those seem like cancerous places. All to you gotta me. do is just, just you know. Every couple of days, just scroll through, see if anything pop, you know, yeah. is interesting. I suppose and so. Most most of them are cancerous, though, as yeah, you would sure. imagine. Um, I mean, just like everything else, the prices on wheels, like fancy wheels, has gone up. That's why you don't you buy know? fancy wheels. You buy stock wheels for another vehicle that look better. I, I'm I, and I'm down for that. I'm super down for that. It's just finding them. The problem. The problem. No- with the Chevy wheels, is that you can only get other Chevy wheels. Oh, like, really? Is it a dumb? I mean, it's pattern? like it's like I'm pretty sure it's like five by one twenty or something oh, like that. Yeah, and like maybe some old Fords also had that lug pattern, but for the most part, it's just the Chevys. Like, you know, um, the old Impalas, the like bubble Impalas, um, and you know all the trucks and shit and crap like that. So that's cool, Corey. You have a project car, and Jordan has a project car. Which I guess means that it is the BNB summer of project cars. Because I also have a project car. What is your project car, Pierce? I have a project car. It is a 2008 Infiniti G37. 37? Yes. Ooh. Yep. Uh, 2008, I think, was the second year for the G37, I think. I don't know that for a fact, but um, it has freaking astronaut miles on it. but it is a six-speed, and it is like the sport with the big brakes and leather and um, um, Apple CarPlay. It has CarPlay. In from 08? Yes, it does. It's, it's obviously plug-in. How did not... it have CarPlay a year after the phone came out? Is it factory CarPlay? It can't be factory. There's no way. I don't think any car had CarPlay. A year until, after like... the phone came out. The original the iPhone came, came out in 2007. 2007. Okay. Well, let me, let me, let me, uh, okay. So here's the thing. Uh, all right. All right. Let, let, let me, let me start at the beginning. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Start at the beginning for me, Pierce. I mean. Okay, hey, Pierce. Yeah. Hey, Pierce. Can, can, let, you, let back, can you back I'm it gonna, up? And uh, just, take, can you start at the. Take too long. Like, go take back, too long. Go back to the. Let me, let me sum up. Okay. We have a mutual friend, Dustin. Shout out to Dustin Smith. He buys cars sometimes just because, you know, he's, he's a dude. Why not? <laughs> right? So he got this thing from like a charity auction, um, sight unseen, um, not running. And the thing about the cars that he buys from auction generally when they are not running, it's just because they have a dead battery because um, they don't, they, they basically don't try anything else. They, they sit in the car, turn the key, and if it doesn't start, then it's not running, right? Um. That does meet the definition. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, at a bare minimum. 
So he got this thing for like crazy low money, um, considering again the times that we live in and the market. Uh, and then he got it to where it would crank but not start. So he asked me to come take a look at it. Um, so I scanned it with the fancy scanner that I had while I was doing the mobile tech thing, and basically discovered that <laughs> when when you were cranking it, the uh, uh, Bank one was trying to advance the uh, intake cam gear to like 50 degrees. <laughs> so the assumption is that it's out of time, uh, that either the cam- the chain uh, guides have worn out. And- As they do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's my assumption is that the chain, gu- the chain guides have worn out and it jumped time because that's like a super common issue on like every VQ engine. Did you do a compression test? No. Um, well, I mean, you know, we'll see. Um, again, this was like, this was just like a super quick thing. I came out, scanned it for codes. It had no engine codes. So then I tried to, I I watched it as we turned it over. And that was when I found that the ignition timing was like, was like trying to just go crazy. It was going from like negative 50 to positive 50 the whole time we were cranking it. Um, uh, and then, but then the only other codes that it had in it were for the infotainment iPhone connectivity, specifically iPhone. So I assumed that was like a CarPlay situation. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. <laughs> Jordan is stunned. Damn, dude, that's crazy. <laughs> and I mean, I don't, I don't know anything about iPhone stuff, anyways. So I, I didn't know what that meant or. Uh, it shouldn't impact the car. Though. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I'm assuming that has nothing to do with the reason that the engine doesn't start. Um. But then he, you know, so so I went to look at it. I checked it out for him, and he was like, you know, this is how much money I have in it. Um, I don't know what I'm gonna do with it at this point since it won't since it seems to be more than just a battery. Uh, do you want it? And he was asking me for like he was he was into it for. Th- like almost $1,000 at that point. And I was like, well, you know what? I mean, it would be cool to have. Um, it's not in good shape, though. And, you know, my brain being stuck in the, like, the 2017, 2016 used car market would not have paid $1,000 for that car. Um, so, you know, I just kind of, like, kept it in the back of my mind for a while until finally one day I texted him, and I was like, hey, man, what's your bottom dollar for that thing? And he was like, well, if you want it, you can have it for But the dude is coming today to pick it back up and take it back to the auction. So I was like, all right, you know what? I kind of want it, you know? Um, I mean, just just the transmission alone is worth nearly Well, that. it is not the CD009. What? Yeah. That was the conversation that I had with him on Discord that one night when we were playing Halo. Because... I was there for that. Yeah, because yeah. he had told me at that point that it was a G35 and that it had the big brakes and all this other stuff. And I was like, holy crap, you have the CD009. That thing is worth its weight. I thought the G37 would have an e- like a similarly beefy transmission. It is a totally different thing. What? Yeah. Um, I mean, okay, again, maybe I'm wrong. You it's know? not a VQ37 again, in that thing? The facts are made up and the truth doesn't matter. Um, it, I know that it is, for a fact, not a CD009. That is about the extent that I know of it. Um, Do you know what transmission it is? I literally just said. Did you not okay. just hear me say? All right, all right, all right, yeah, all right, all right, yeah. all right. 
right. Please continue. <laughs> Don't try to sing. <laughs> Why did you what? Do that? Is that because what I'm that dumb, was? dude. I mean, <laughs> I love you. Taking my beer and I'm going home. No, you're not. Yeah, you're taking my beer and you're going home. <laughs> That's also a fact. Hey, uh, by the way, so guess what? I'm drinking a uh, 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 Lone River Ranch Water Rio Red Grapefruit. Yeah. Because the other one said something about spicy. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> I don't think my throat can handle that right That's now. That's fair. I, I picked up, um, this is another beer from my coworker. Um, this is Wooden Cask Brewing Company. Uh, the Scotsman. It's a Scotch ale. Uh, a traditional Scotch ale with a dark ruby color, off-white head. Uh, it has <laughs> a malty aroma of candied dark fruits with a sweet taste similar to figs and raisins. Oh. And I find that to be very true. It's delicious. Yeah. Uh, this is from... That is not what you told me it was going to taste like when we were talking at the fridge. But okay, my bad. It's okay. Um, this is from Newport, Kentucky, wherever that is. Well, that's not Ohio. No. Oh, it's just across the border, though. It's like right on the border of Ohio and Kentucky. Cincinnati is on that border. Dear diary, <laughs> today I learned that Kentucky borders Ohio. <laughs> Jordan is frantically thumbing over there. That's what she said. It's not a CD double nine. It isn't. I told you that. I know. But I'm trying to figure out what it is. I... Because if there's any aftermarket support out there for it, like the CD009. Oh, yeah. Or there is. Oh, I don't know. Oh, but then I'm you saying... could swap anything into that thing and it would be dope. Well, okay, I suppose that's true. But I guess I thought you were talking about selling the transmission because... No, no, no. I just, I was saying, I was thinking because if your motor is toast, like if it has bent valves... I, they, they're not supposed to bend valves when they jump time, but... If the motor is toast and it has 300,000 miles on it, um, like, what swap kits, like... You know, bell housing adapters and clutches exist so that you can put a one UZ in that thing or something. Well, you know, I mean, or, I, or a beams. I motor. have a beams. <laughs> I feel like that would be a downgrade. It would. To that it would be such a downgrade. Absolutely, one hundred percent sure. Um, um, beams are only an upgrade in cars older than like nineteen ninety five. Or, well, yeah, because that's the last time you could get a rear wheel drive car. Pretty much. That wasn't like a V6 or a V8. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I have no idea what my plan is for this thing. Um, I just, like, right now it's just me and my fit, you know? So I wanted something that was different, um, you know? Did you get rid of all your other cars? Well, I mean, all my cool cars. Well, I mean, I've got the Corona. It's still yeah. sitting around, but... You still have the Suburban? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that car does not drive fast. Well, <laughs> it is the opposite of fast, in fact. That's... Are, you still, are you still enjoying the fit as much as you once were? I mean, I am, yeah. You know, once again, I, I got to get a, a different radio in it because the one that's in it just doesn't like to play with my phone 
well, you know, at all. They don't they don't play well together. Um you know, I don't know. And so since since we talked on this podcast last, I have looked at breaks for the fit. And my options are basically power stop, drilled and slotteds. Exactly. I have I just hate power stop. I don't I don't to, think you need to concern yourself with rotors like at all. Like literally by the Well, except that I need new rotors. Well, okay, all right. Yeah. But then uh and then for pads like you know, it's, it's either AutoZone or race pads. Exactly, <laughs> and it's like it's like AutoZone like budget brand, right? Like it's not even like the, you know, the fancy metallics or whatever. It's it's literally like, you know, s- scrape it off the warehouse floor or get it imported from Japan, or you know, I don't know. It's it's very frustrating because I I I want something that performs better than stock, but I don't necessarily I I do I do not want brake dust. It's a twelve, right? Uh no, it's a uh nine, I think, isn't it? I don't know, it's your car. I'm pretty sure it's a nine. So the options that I've been able to find right now are like either, you know, super dusty race pads or stuff that will probably perform worse than what I already have. Power Stop makes their Street Warrior pads for it, but I don't know how those I just don't want I've had such a bad experience with Power Stop, dude, like I, I don't know. I mean, what do you think about power stops? I don't really have an, a firm opinion on them. So we were putting them, when I was working at Four Wheel Parts, you know, the brake package that we sold was power stop, drilled and slotted rotors, and, you know, whatever the whatever the pad was that went with it. I, I don't remember now. And they just, they were coming back like every couple of months just because they were warped. And, you know, I don't know if we were replacing pads like after a year, it was, I don't know. It was just not, not what I want, you know, ideally fact factor in that. Like, yeah. I mean, again, yeah. So most, most of those vehicles had like 35 inch tires. Yeah. And like huge chromies and lifts Mm -hmm. and stuff, but still, I I don't, I can't speak to how, how much they dust. Have you, I assume you've looked into the, like what Hawk and EBC offer for it. EBC doesn't even list anything for that car. Really? Yep. Um, I did not look at Hawk. I will say that. Um, I'm pretty sure Hawk offers stuff for those, but again, it might be in the more aggressive, more performance category that might dust more than you want. Because I yeah. know Porterfield offers the HBR4S, right. and I can want those. I can get the HBR4S, uh, which I had on the FC, and I really enjoyed them on the FC. They However, do dust like a mother. Yeah, like after. I mean, maybe after, like, a month of driving them. Well, like, all right, so on the FC, like, I didn't even drive that car near regularly at all. But after, like, a month or two of having them on the FC, which maybe meant two or three trips, there was, like, an inch of dust on my front wheels. And, you know, the the fit is being driven daily. And I just don't want to deal with dust like that. What wheels do you have on it now? On what, the fit? Yeah. Remember Whatever you, I remember, you got something. I yeah, there were um, Advanti. I don't know some something. What are? Doesn't matter. Are they relatively simple to clean? Are they like really, really pain in the ass? I know it's. I know it's. I know it's a pain. You don't want to have to. Yeah, do Yeah, I, like, I just don't just want to have to do it. You know, they're like a fifteen-spoke situation. Um, not unlike the Koenig um, heliums. Heliums. Oh yeah, that would be a pain. Right, but yeah. And they're not, you know, there's not a lot of space between the brake because they're only 15s, 
there's not a lot of space between the rotors and the wheel to like fit my hand in to like clean the barrels and stuff. Um, yeah, and I don't know, I just, again, I just don't want to have to deal with that. I was looking at Rock Auto just now, because they're usually uh-huh. a pretty good barometer for who offers what, because they have many different brands. Yeah, um, they, don't, they don't offer any of the Brembo Blanks. There are no Brembo Blank rotors I, I for that car. It, it, the rotors don't matter, really. No. <laughs> um, I'm looking at pads. Um, there are many under their premium section, which I'm guessing are still like street pads, not like tra- they have a track section, uh, and then they have a high performance section. Um, but I would get like like Brembo has their ceramic offerings, which would really? be fine. Uh, Aki Bono has their ultra premium ceramics, which would be okay. fine. Like you've got options. They're out there. So when I couldn't find rotors on Rock Auto, I didn't even look at pads. When I couldn't find rotors, I immediately started looking elsewhere because I really wanted the Brembo blanks. Um, just mostly just because like, you know, I know that they're coated. I know that they're not going to rust. Ray Bestos has street performance rotors for that that are... Um, yeah, they warp a lot. Coated. Unless they change something. Um, they're not going to warp on your fit. Well, it weighs four pounds. <laughs> it's fine. I suppose that's true. Uh, Power Stop makes them. Centric makes them. Like you've got options. Like I literally run the cheapest rotors that I can find on the Corolla, and I've never had a problem. Really? Yep. But again, this is for daily driving, so I don't. Yeah. I don't want squealing. I don't want glazing. But they don't warp. Like I haven't had any warped rotors yet. Hmm. I've had to replace them from the pads, literally gouging them because <laughs> I, you know, that's what happens. But well, I need to rethink that whole situation. But I basically blew all of my tax return on the G thirty seven and uh, clutch for the fit. So, um, like I said, I was looking for brakes. Well, I was looking. I was trying to do the clutch and the brakes at the same time, but I kind of gave up when I couldn't find any brakes that I thought that I liked immediately. Um. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I think you're overthinking it just a little bit in terms of the rotors. I'm like, sure I am, because I always do. Yeah, just don't don't worry about it. It's fine. It's, they're literally, it's fine. And then just get a decent set of pad, decent set of pads and good fluid. You'll be fine. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, and if you can, I don't know if you already have them or not, but if you can find some stainless brake lines, those will help a lot too. Okay. I did get the I got the clutch disc, the clutch line, and the slave cylinder for to do this clutch job because I've noticed that like if I keep my foot on the clutch at a stoplight or something, um, I cannot push it into gear. Like from you know, I, have you I, replaced I, the master and slave cylinder? No, I haven't. That's what I'm saying. I I got the slave cylinder and the clutch line to do the clutch job. So when I have the transmission out, I'll do the slave and and the line. Um, to to try to fix whatever this bleed down thing is that I've got going on. Yeah. Um, have you noticed any the, leaking on the in, like against the firewall? No, I, I have not noticed any leaking at all. Um, the fluid is still full. You know, I flushed that when I got it. Um, you know, that was one of the first things I did was the brake and the clutch fluid and the uh, radiator. Um. So I guess I, I I'm assuming at this point, you know, that it's probably leaking past the master cylinder. Uh, piston, but that is like 
way up in there. It's not good. <laughs> no. So, uh, I'm, you know, I'll have the transmission out to do the clutch anyways, which I know that it needs anyways, because it is slipping like really bad now. Um, so I was like, you know, I'll just, I'll throw the new slave cylinder on it while I have the transmission out, put the line on it. You know, I've got to bleed it anyways, no big deal. Um, and just, you know, ignorantly hope that that will fix my problem. It might. I mean, yeah, we'll see, but, uh, I don't know. Just a, a brief aside. One of my coworkers, he's the youngest guy that works in the shop. I think he's like 21 or 22. Um, he has a like 2012-ish Civic coupe um, that's just his daily beater that he just trashes. It's needed a clutch for a year, basically. It doesn't shift anymore, uh, and the clutch pedal does nothing. So literally, he just put, like comes to a stop, car dies, puts it in first, bump starts it with the starter and just like rev match shifts it. And he does this. He's done this every day for like six months. <laughs> it's incredible. What? <laughs> he just doesn't have a clutch in it. That's ridiculous. I mean, I did that for a while when the third clutch exploded in my EF, you know, when I was commuting to Charlottesville and back every day. Which, how does that burn up a clutch? It's highway. The I think, well, okay. The issue was mostly that the transmission, all of the different transmissions that I ever had in that car were never meant to go in that car. You know, like I had, when I got it, it had like an SI transmission in it. And then I put a um, HF transmission in it. And then, I don't know, it just like, it was always like a different thing. And and then I found out I was putting the wrong fluids in the transmission. So I was putting like GL4 in it and, you know, they want 5W30. So yeah, Honda wants like if you it says in the manual, if you can't find Honda MTF, mm-hmm. use 0W20 engine oil. It's like, oh, is it that low? Oh, that must be for the newer cars. Maybe okay. it might be 530. I don't remember. But it's, it's use engine like a very conventional weight engine oil. And I was just like, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, so I was I was blowing I blew up like four transmissions because I just like threw GL4 manual transmission fluid in it. Um assuming that, you know, it says manual transmission fluid, you know, like Sure, yeah. Um Hondas are picky boys when it comes to manual transmissions. I guess they have fragile fragile gears, I don't know. So we all have project cars, which is fun. We do. It's the summer. Project. Which is really weird because literally the episode we just put out is us talking about how maybe the car hobby isn't for some of us anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And how Corey I... literally almost snapped in half and blew away in the dust when he did the <laughs> alternator on the Jeep. Yeah. I. <sighs> we'll see. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I need to reclaim my garage from the mess. Um, and repair oh boy. and repair the door. Good luck. Oh boy, that's yeah. gonna suck. Yeah, so uh, I feel like that ne- I need to do that regardless of anything else, but definitely before I can do any like cool car stuff, I just really need to do that. Um, when the garage is clear, it's a very nice place to work. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's carpeted. It's awesome. Yeah. It's not so great if you spill fluids on it. No, it's carpeted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
Thanks for listening to the Beer and Backfire podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Beer and Backfire. Uh, you can email us at the Beer and Backfire, or ooh, no, Beer and Backfire podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at c.crehan for pictures of good food, ripped pants, and a really adorable, gigantic puppy. Uh, you can find <laughs> you can find Jordan as I am understeer. No, that's Steve. God damn it! You can find Jordan at the Daily Downshift and Pierce as uh, Free Candy Media and Svetra eighty eight. Thanks. Okay. Maybe I shouldn't talk with my mouth full. Who cares? I do a little bit. <laughs> but it doesn't sound good, that's for sure. <laughs>